Welcome to the Untold Stories of Real Estate Investing, hosted by Wayne Courageous III, a place where active and passive investors come to hear the good, bad, and ugly of real estate investing. Our guests consist of experienced operators and investors who want others to succeed by sharing their stories. If you're looking to syndicate deals or grow your wealth passively in real estate, you've come to the right show. It's now time to sit back, take mental notes, and enjoy our next episode of The Untold Stories of Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the Untold Stories of Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Wayne Courageous. For our next episode, we're going to welcome Shalone Hutchinson with H-Squared Capital. Shalone, or also known as Hutch Hutchinson, is a Master Gunnery Sergeant E-9 in the United States Marine Corps. Hutch immigrated from Jamaica in 1998 and has been serving this great nation for over 23 years. Throughout his career, he has served in many leadership roles in the Marine Corps aviation. He has been awarded several personal awards for his job performance. He has created and led teams of various sizes that performed effectively in training and combat operations. Hutch has successfully executed over 2.4 million in single family real estate transactions, which includes over 870,000 as real estate agent currently not active. Hutch's most recent real estate transaction was a syndication in Augusta, Georgia with over 167 units. Welcome to our show. Oh man, thank you for having me, my brother. Yeah, anything you wanna add there before we dive in? <laughs> Man, I think we, we, we would, we're going to dive into a lot of stuff, you know, so we'll just dive right into it. All right. Well, first, I want to start off by saying thank you for your service, Semper Fi, Master Gunnery Sergeant. That's, you know, you either either the highest sergeant on the enlisted side, Sergeant Major, Master Gunnery Sergeant. So you've peaked, right, at Marine Corps. So you've hit that, that top rank on the enlisted side. So congratulations. Thank you, sir. For you. And yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today and, and sort of dig in on on real estate, right? So how did you get into uh, real estate? Uh, what was your journey? Yeah, first off, Wayne, I really appreciate your service as well too, man. Um, I, th I think we have, we have stomped in some of the same grounds, except that you're a Hollywood Marine, you know what I mean? So you know how that is. <laughs> you know, so really appreciate your service. Happy birthday, by the way, brother. Happy belated birthday and I appreciate your service. So happy Veterans Day as well too. You know, so real estate, as you know, man, I believe before the show start, we was talking was talking and he's saying that you got your start in real estate in in 29 palms right i just come from 29 palms and i'm telling you there's a lot of real estate out there a lot of sand a lot of desert <laughs> you know what i mean so you know it, it goes to show that wherever you are you know if you have a vision for what you want your future to be you can start the creation of that future you know what i mean so congratulations to you know seeing the vision and starting investing real estate but for me you know, like you said, immigrated from Jamaica and my dad was in real estate. He was listening to those Carlton Sheets cassettes and he was sharing that information with me in the single family space. You know what I mean? But, you know, that, that was just information. That was just what my dad was doing, you know, and the more he told me about it, the more I got intrigued about it and the more I realized that, look, I come from Jamaica, but I can own some of America and I want that, <laughs> you know. So as I got stationed in Hawaii. We did some single family. We got, a, we got our first rental was a condo. We bought a condo for about, I believe it was 161000 with a VA loan. And then I deployed right away. You know, so Athena had the family support back there. So she went home to another island and we put a renter in that house. You know, so before I came back of six months of deployments, that how that condo had appreciated um, significantly. We was able to sell it for, I believe it was $235,000 within six months. You know, so we sold it, we moved our money to another property, 
and into a fixer upper. We did a living flip, you know, change the lighting, painting, flooring, um, appliances, so on and so forth. And it was on from there on. But, you know, there's a sad end to that story. And it's something we can dive into if we got some time. Yeah, we will. <laughs> and so, yeah, that VA home loan, I didn't start that off with the, I mean, the, it was 29 Palms. It was outside based. I had some good friends who rented it out. But uh, I didn't use the VA home loan until I started buying my primary property, right? Which is, uh, but in your case, since you bought it as your primary and then were deployed, yeah, what a great opportunity for you to to rent it out. That VA home loan, I, I every home we've purchased that's personal, it's been a a VA home loan. It's a huge, huge benefit, you know. And it's even gotten better now. They've taken away the the limits uh, on it as well. So uh, obviously, you don't want to you know, get stretched too thin on. On payments and stuff, but it's it's definitely a great way to get started. So one one of the bios or was looking at is you were finding off market MLS listings. Uh, were you doing that with that condo property, or did you work with a realtor? Uh, what was your strategy initially, and then how did it expand to more entrepreneurial uh, off market listings to scale your business? Yeah, so in the single family space, when I got down to Pensacola, I went I attended this three day seminar with Than Merrill. Um, I think his name is, and what it, what he does, he teach people how to how to flip property, how to do some wholesaling, and but what are the biggest takeaway from that three day seminar is not how to do one specific thing, but what that did that opened up my vision of the possibility. Like, look, you're telling me that I can go knock on somebody's door, and with the white with the with the right words. They might want to sell their property to me. Oh, shoot, sure, let, let's do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, my kids will tell you that I never meet a stranger. You know, so I have no problem, you know, walking up to to a house that I think might be a, a slightly neglected, right? Or in an apartment complex and, you know, talking to a property manager or talking to a homeowner and uh, saying, you know, this is what we're doing. Do you know anyone in the neighborhood that might be interested in in selling their property for cash, right? You know, what, what me and my friends are doing, we could close in, in two weeks. You know what I mean? So we get this conversation going. And before you know it, um, somebody will have a problem that that um that we want you to solve. Sometimes the conversation goes nowhere, nowhere. Sometimes you get to wholesale a property if you don't have the cash right away. And sometimes you get to buy the property. You know, so um for me, um, my first flip though was actually a on-market property, right? And because I was walking around the neighborhood and talking to people um and doing analysis on on the on the neighborhood, I was able to identify this this on-market property and I was able to see the potential of that property. You know, so we bought it for I think it was $135,000, $145,000. And after the renovation, we sold it for $290,000. You know, so this, that was a good return on investment. You know, there's some ups and downs in, in, in that transaction. You know what I mean? But being able to analyze the the, the, the market and being able to, um, you know, it helps you to identify potential, okay, whether it be apartment complexes or the single family space. Yeah. Were you focusing on finding homes single families that were near the base or uh, was there a certain radius of driving distance that you wanted to be away from from the property? So I was looking at things that was in a path of growth. And I think it's the same thing we do in apartment complexes, right? You know, you're looking at population growth, you're looking at migration trend, what kind of ties into the population growth, you're looking at job job growth, you're looking at the income growth, you're also looking at the growth in home, home values. You know, so once you have those kind of kind of mapped out, you want to focus on specific areas. Because if you're looking at everywhere in your community, in your town, city, whatever the case may be, then you're going to be spread thin. You know, so identify those small little niche that you want to find a property in, and then you just go freaking balls to the wall. 
and you find a property and when you will be able to identify a good opportunity um, in your niche. You know, so we chose a little area um, in Pensacola that was um, when I was doing flips that that was close to the airport. It was close to the mall, close to the hospital and good access to the beach. You know, so it has it was not on the beach. So you're not paying millions of dollars, you know, but it was also in the path of growth. So there's a couple of homes in the area that was renovated and they was able to, to, to double the price of what they bought it for sometime even more. You know, so we like that and we started following um, those little areas. You know, so same thing for apartment complex, you know, the apartment complexes that we're looking for in the southeast, because when you look at the migration trend, you see that a lot of folks are moving for the north, from the North Atlantic down to the North, the, the South Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolinas, Georgia, Alabama, Florida. You know what I mean? So when you look at the path of growth and the, the growth in, in different cities, those are where we're looking for apartments or one of the markets that we're learning to appreciate right now is Augusta markets. Is a lot of growth. It's like the cyber capital of America. A lot of high-paying jobs there, but there's also some some customer service jobs there as well. You know, so because we focus on the B and C class property, so a lot of our clientele, a lot of our renters will be in those um, customer service job, trade jobs, so on and so forth. Yeah, I love it. And when you're trying to find uh, certain markets that you may not be as familiar with, you know, example Augusta, as you're mentioning, whether websites or certain ways that you found data to help back up the the support of of the trends from an economic standpoint a job growth population increasing et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So fortunately for us, we got a, we got 167 units there. So we have boots on the ground. So the asset manager is always in the markets, right? Also, we're talking to the property managers of different properties as well. We're, we're managing, managing different properties. But one of the, the key uh, this is free information, right? Anyone can have access to this. But one of the um, key sites that we use is citydata.com, right? So when you go to city data, you can look at the population trend, you can look at the job growth, so on and so forth. And you can get to dive deep into the matrix into that 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 city, right? And, and as you go into to more specific information, if you have you know, um, small friends in high places or high big friends in small, whatever the case may be, you might be able to get a co-star report or different reports that for the specific property that will give you some market trends as well. You know, so you can also talk to the broker. If a broker have a listing for an on-market property or if they bring a off-market property property to you, you can, they usually have access to a co-star uh, report and they can pull that for you and you, you can get some more information about a specific property, demographic, and also, you know, the surrounding areas. Yeah. It's a great point there because uh, I have co-star uh, that I personally pay for, but you don't need to pay for it if you're working with a broker, right? A lot of my co-star is more of these off-market properties that we're trying to buy. So from a, if you have a broker relationship and such, uh, to your point, ask the brokers, it'll save you quite a bit of money, you know, per month that way. Absolutely. So what we're doing right now as well to, to find more off-market uh, apartment complexes that CoStar reports, right? You're able to pull um, owners information from CoStar reports and you are able to, you know, send an email, send a text, send a, a, do a phone call, you know, or send a, send a or letter mail out to those owners. You can never tell, you know, you just look at the range of um, how long they've owned the property, right? Are there still a debt on the property? You know, if you want to go deeper, you can find out if they got any kind of um, um, lien against the property, so on and so forth. And, you know, the contact the owner and then you might be able to solve their problems. Yeah. And I'd love to go into that a little bit more because, you know, with the CoStar, you do get uh, the owners and all, but sometimes it's not updated. For the most part, you know, CoStar does a good job, I think, but sometimes Correct. not as updated. And so what I found helpful, and this is maybe what you are doing as well, I'm sure it is, is you, you pull in the address, but then having somebody like a VA or, you know, yourself going through 
the tax records. So going to the local county's appraisal district website, finding, you know, putting the address and finding who the true entity is. And then in Texas, we're, you know, go to the Secretary of State website, take that LLC, that entity that owns that property and find out who the true owner is and then start skip tracing, trying to find, you know, phone numbers for that person or, or emails. Is that similar to what y'all have been doing? Yeah, absolutely. But here's, here's one of the, the, the tact is one tactics that I believe um, folks should implement. Now, if you just happen to not have that, that certified true owner of that property, what that means is that this individual might have sold the property recently. What does that mean? This means that it could have some money that you want a 1031 exchange or you want to roll into another investment. So we're looking for off-market property, but we're also looking for um, passive investors, right? And people want to move their money, right? I had a good friend, Bill Allen, he said that, you know, money has to keep moving and that's why it's called currency. You know what I mean? So if somebody just sold an apartment complex, complex, yes, I want to talk to you if you're no longer the owner. Or if you just if you bought if you bought it recently, several years ago, or preferably several years ago, I want to talk to you because you might be at the end of your business plan. You know what I mean? So it's it's a win-win-win, Wayne. And I, I want to talk to everybody. I don't need a stranger. Yeah. And moving moving yeah. currency is is key, right? That's right. For growth. So are you still doing the fix and flips or have you transitioned to more of the larger commercial properties? Uh, what are y'all doing now? Yeah, so we transitioned to straight um, multifamily properties. Now, I, I do have some capital that we have looked for some folks um, to do fix and flip, but it's not it's not our main focus. Our main focus is um, moving our money into the multifamily. Look, I'm okay with watching paint dry or watching grass grow. You know, so the multifamily syndication is not it's not a get rich quick. You know what I mean? It's not a high intensity as, as um, doing, doing flips are, you know what I mean? But it's more predictable for the things that, that I, I'm aspiring to do, you know, for my family in the in the not so distant future, you know. So um, I consider multifamily to be a lot more predictable and also a lot more stable and a little safer, I believe. Yeah, no, it's all about risk, right? When you were going Correct. out doing the, the fix and flips, there's a lot of risk. You know, we watch, you know, I don't say we, but I think most people like sometimes on a Saturday morning, they'll turn on the HGTV or show and they'll <laughs> see the flips and, you know, it'll be 30 minutes to an hour show of, them making money and struggling a little bit along the way, but there's a lot of risk that goes along with that for multiple reasons. What were uh, some of your, um, you know, just real quick before we go into multifamily uh, specifically, were there, what were the risks or any major challenges that you consistently saw over property to property or what was overall your experience with, with the fix and flips? Yeah. So we bought a, we bought a live and flip in, in, um, in Hawaii Right after we sold a condo, bought a living flip, you know, did some renovation with the hopes of, um, you know, that's why they say hope is on a course of action, right? With the hopes of selling it for a property because property market was skyrocketing. But keep in mind, this was back in, I got orders to move in, in um, 2009, right? So we all know what was going on in 2009, you know, so we bought this property for, I think it was bought it for, I forgot how much we paid for it, to 300 and three, I think it was like 335,000, somewhere around there. And we end up selling for for, for 270, you know. So it cost me almost fifty thousand dollars to sell this property, whenever whenever we left, you know. So we were moving to Florida, which the basic housing basic housing allowance over there 
significantly lower than Hawaii, you know, so I had to, t- I had to make the move to sell this property. So I had to cash out um, about $30,000 in stocks and I had to take um $20,000 loan out from Navy Fed. And I was a seller's agent because I, I had my license at the time, you know, so I had to put my commission into, into that, into that property, you know, just to get it across the finish line to, to, to be sold. You know what I mean? So we ended up walking away with negative um, $50,000 in that property. You know, but fortunately for us, it was right around the time where President Obama incorporated the the what's called the homeowners assistance program for people who were for were moving due to military orders um, because of um, the because of where we were in the downturn in the market. You know, so I was able to recoup about forty three thousand dollars of the fifty three thousand of the fifty five thousand dollars back. You know, so that was a that was a definitely a win. So I was able to pay off a twenty five thousand dollar twenty twenty thousand dollar loan from Navy Fed, and roll some money back in the stock market, and also keep some some liquid cash on on hand. You know what I mean? So I was, that was a freaking bless. Now, as far as the the flips goes, I was working on a major flip in in um in in Pensacola, and I'm telling you, it was it was a huge huge one. We were tearing down walls. We were converting rooms into a mat. We we're converting this big open living room, which we didn't need two living rooms into a huge master bedroom. I'm telling you, I will send you some pictures here. The thing is freaking beautiful, you know, but we had a contractor that, that talked the talk, but could not walk the walk, right? He had the knowledge, but he did not have the team to support what we wanted to do. So he dragged, he dragged out the flip about seven months. And then a hurricane hit Panama City. And that's the only way we can get him to walk away from the job because he was okay with drywalls. And there was a lot of properties down in Panama City that that he could make a lot more money. Say so like, Hutch, I underbid this property. I don't have the team to support what we need to get do, done. So I'm gonna walk away. All right, no harm, no foul. We had some checks and balances in the in the in our, in our draw schedule. So he had to finish, you know, a bathroom and then we get paid. He get paid uh, for that job. They gotta finish another bathroom, he get paid for that job, finish, uh, you know what I mean? So we had different stages to it for our, our draw period. You know what I mean? So um, we did not pay him for work that was not accomplished. So for that was fortunate for us. You know, so anyone who was aspiring to do flips and this even in apartment complexes, you want to make sure that you have those that um, written understanding of where you need to be in a project before money is distributed. Because way too many people try to fund a project upfront and end up with a situation where the contractor walk away from the job and the job is not completed for what they paid for. Now they got to go through litigation, you know, costing more money for lawyers and all the good stuff. So have some checks and balances before you start distributing money. You know, so he walked away from the job and then we had another contractor that came on the job and they spent about two weeks redoing almost everything the other contractor did, electrical work, plumbing work, drywall. It was pretty freaking crazy, you know? So, but, you know, this contractor came in, it was knowledgeable. He had a team, he had great people skills. He, he brought um, he brought a lot of value to the project. We're like, Hutch, um, what you wanted to do here is might not be the best value for your bucks to so do this, this, and this. And I tell you, I definitely got to send you some pictures of this project and how it turned out. You know, so we end up taking another um, six, six and a half months on this project. And it turned out, it blew our mind the way the project turned out, you know. So it goes to show that, you know, you know, create some checks and balances, but also have a vision and be flexible, you know, be flexible to a, a vision uh, for to someone who might have a bit a vision that complements yours, you know, and make yours a little bit better. You know what I mean? So uh, it was amazing. Scott Brake, um, our contractor, did amazing on the project. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of key points there. One is huge. You lose leverage if you're paying too much up front, you know, so that's that's key. 
And we're going to dig in more about partnerships a little, uh, shortly, but uh, that's going to be a whole nother big aspect of, of real estate. But the other thing is, is, you know, your experience uh, with that loss initially on, on the property, but then the pain of going through multiple contracts and or contractors and having it extended out, ultimately it takes grit, right? And so one of the questions I've got for you is, you know, what Marine Corps traits and leadership skills have transferred over to real estate investing through your experience of these? I mean, there's going to be so many key traits and leadership, grit being one. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. No, man, it's that, it's that stick-to-itiveness, right? I think that's the same thing we say in the Marine Corps, that stick-to-itiveness where, you know, um, take, for example, um, aircraft maintenance, right? The, the job is not done until all the paperwork is completed, right? So no matter how much you could turn wrenches all day, but until you do the paperwork, that freaking aircraft is not going anywhere, right? So you got to stick to the, the entire process, you know? So there's many times um, we, we looked at different projects and we're like, okay, should we sell the project at this point? We're like, no, you know, we went into this knowing that things could go wrong. And if we go wrong, if things go wrong, we have to have capital, you know, to ensure that we can, we can stick to that project and see it through, you know what I mean? So that, that stick to itiveness. And also one of the things we do in the Marine Corps, you know, is that we train to our potential, right? But then we employ our teams to their capability, right? So, so you know, just like um, the contractor that I have that we had in the job, right? Um, we tell him what we wanted, you know, but I think the job was bigger than his team was, you know what I mean? And that's something that I should have assessed from the get-go. You know what I mean? I should have walked a few more of their projects, check the synergy in the team, talk about their timeline that they're taking to, you know, to do a bathroom, to do a kitchen, to do flooring, so on and so forth, right? And then employ them, uh, maybe not for the entire project, but for a specific portion of the project. You know what I mean? So employ your team, you know, train your team to their potential, but employ them based on their capabilities. Yeah. All great, great points. Um, and you know, for partnerships, that's got to be key for you, you know, being an active duty uh, Marine senior enlisted person, how uh, partnerships helped you scale and uh, what do you look for when partnering with groups, whether that's property management or, or capital partners or yeah, absolutely. So Dr. Jones, Heath Jones, uh, the other H of the H great capital, right? Amazing spiritual being. But before we, be, before we became partners, right? Um, we were accountability partners, meaning we are up at 4 a.m. in the morning and we're talking about the different things that we are working on separately, right? Because I was running um, Pure Revision Homes and he was running HG, HG, HGJ Investments, HAG Investments. HGJ investment. Yeah, so it was running this company. So it was running two different companies, but we, we both understood that we want to transition more, more into the multifamily space, you know, so we bounced ideas. And then before you know it, we start on the, um, underwriting properties together. We start, I start driving um, a couple hours to his house and then driving four hours up to Huntsville, Alabama, right, to go walk properties, talk to property managers, talk to brokers, you know what I mean? And, you know, but in the, in the four hour drive, two, four hour drive, two or four, Four-hour drive two and four hours back. You know, we listen to you know to Grand Cardone 10x, right? And then we pause and talk about, oh snap, what did he just talk about? What did he learn? And we started, you know, we started vibing and we, and, you know, started listening to some Jim Rome, some some Tony Robbins, and you know, started to peel get an inside look of the way we think, right? And who we are as as a spiritual being. You know, so before we became before we we became actual partners, we developed a keen understanding of who we are, our family values, you know, and the things that we were aspiring to become, both personally, spiritually, and with our family, you know. And then we were like, okay, we're doing this together, man. Why why don't we partner? You know, so 
one of the things we we identify, like, look, anyone that comes into our investor portal, one of the things that we're looking for is to create better relationships, right? So we're getting on Zoom call with them, and it's not all about the deal, the deal, the deal, money, money, money. How can you, um, how much money you got to invest? It's about who you are as an individual. Are you somebody that I that I can look at, that I want to talk to for the next five years? You know, as we go through this project, are you an individual that I can bring a a um, disagreement to or a a a problem to right i can let you know that here's a problem we have in right here is how it might affect your return right or here is how we are implementing a solution right these are things that we have to know up front because look we had we have talked to some people on zoom calls right and you know we're like i don't think we want to talk to that person i don't think that's somebody that we want to work with right because of their temperament because of their their um their not so much their beliefs, but the way they articulate their beliefs, right? Um, it's just, you realize that, you know, some folks are just so stuck in their museum that anything you tell them, um, it's going to go negative, right? And it's not going to be a relationship that you can improve, right? So we want to ensure that we have a good start in the relationship and it's something we can build on, you know, based on that person's um, temperament and also um, what they're aspiring to, to do with their um, with their life and also their financial. Yeah, that's huge. So the relationship was key and, you know, you found somebody who, you know, you, you would sort of, you're, you're all helping build each other up, you know, at 4am, you know, what a, that's a sacrifice on both y'all's end to be waking up at 4am in the first place. But I know you probably had PT at 530. So you're probably trying to do it early and then, you know, be out with your Marines shortly after. But no, it's, you know, great where you have that uh, other partner who's keeping you accountable, right? And so how did you find your partner? And how would you recommend others find, you know, their future business partners? Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you look at some folks, um, there's a couple out of Texas, I forgot the name. It's a husband and wife team, right? You know, so if you have that already in your household, work with that, right? If you have a um, strong wife or a strong husband, right, um, who understand and appreciate what real estate brings, right? Um, and they're able to do to do maybe work and do real estate or just focus on real estate uh, full time, right? Start building the team there, right? But also it, it's the understanding has to start there because that's where a lot of the, the source of your money will come from. And you're going to, you're going to be making a lot of sacrifice, uh, sacrifices to, to build this um, journey, right? Now, you know, a lot of some folks complain about 2020, but 2020 was it was a great year to networking because when you think about it, a lot of folks were staying at home. Like right now I'm wearing a Jess shirt, I could be wearing some green PT shorts. You never know, right? <laughs> you know, so um, we can reach across the world um, in networking of, of, of identifying, you know, you know, people's character. You can talk to people. You can check their facial expression, their bottle language, whenever you say certain things, you know, so we're not limiting, limited, you know, to going to places and meeting people. We can do it over Zoom call like we're doing here. We can get a good feel. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, absolutely. But, yeah, as this place open up, you know, get out and meet some people, you know, um, get on meetup.com and see if there's something that interests you. You're not going to find all your investors at real estate meetups. Go to another meetup that they talk about wine tasting or they talk about expensive cars, whatever the case may be, right? The, the areas that people who are doing real estate investing are not going and educate these people and build those relationships. And before you know it, right, you are in a niche that not everyone is uh, 
of tapping into. You know what I mean? But there's so many, so many things. But as far as a partner goes, um, a partner that you're going to be waking up at four in the morning, going to be staying up late at night talking to, right? Um, that can come in many shapes and sizes. And I think um, the way that Heath and I did it of becoming an accountability partner first, um, I believe that's the way to go. Um, Life Rich Capital did, did the same thing as well, right? Where that where he they found each other at meetups. They went to each other's house, met each other's family, and realized that they have comparable comparable spiritual goals, comparable um, business goals, and they were able to build build Life Rich Capital into a, a really great organization. That's um, Witness Sewell and and his um and Sam and grew their podcast too, right? And then they have like the a daily podcast that they they host. Syndication show the longest daily running running podcast. That's pretty cool. Crazy. I'm 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 trying to keep up with my week. You know, try to push the weekly podcast, uh, much less of a daily one. It's it's incredible what those guys have done for sure. So we talked about partners and all, uh, but when you first got, I mean, I know your dad uh, had the real estate bug and gave it gave it to you, or at least gave you some eyes to to dig in further. Did you get in with the mentor? Did that is that something uh, that you would tell uh, one of your fellow Marines who's looking to get into real estate to not only find good partners but you know find a mentor and and what were you looking for when you if and when you found the mentor? Yeah, so when I got into the multifamily space, what I started to look for, I started to look, I started looking for people that look like me. Right. So Wayne, you look like me, military veteran. You understand the VA loan. You understand the struggles we go through deployments or away from the family, all the good stuff. So I wanted more people that, that look like me. And that brought me to Brian Briscoe, who was on the tail end of his of his Marine Corps career working out of, out, out of the Pentagon. Right. So he looked like me because, you know, he understand the struggles. Right. He understand that, you know, after working 20, you know, after being committed 20 plus years in the Marine Corps, you want to have more flexibility with your time. Right. And you also understand the way to leverage team right to, to 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 create a common cause or to actually accomplish a common a common cause you know so i gravitated toward towards brian and the four oaks team because they, i believe they look like me and they understand what i was aspiring to create you know so they were getting mentored through the michael blanc program you know so a lot of things that they were lear learning through just through association i was i was pretty much learning some of the things that they were learning too i don't have 25 30,000 450,000 dollars to be committed to a coaching course not to mention i don't have that set timeline or the set time in my day to be committed to to a mentoring program so i believe i will be wasting a lot of money you know so being associated with those individual who looks like me who understand what i'm trying to do and aspiring to create the same great in the future, I, I find myself to learn better from those individuals and networking just, just came, came natural with those individuals. But look, I am not against coaching program. I believe I will be committed to a coaching program maybe in, in 30 months whenever, whenever I retire to take my game to a, to a next level because look, I understand you know how a, uh, a coach or mentor can elicit the greatness in you right because a lot of times we just need for somebody to let us know exactly what is possible right and give us a few steps to accomplish that and we got to take action you know what i mean so um i appreciate uh, what mentoring that look in 25 years 23 years in the marine corps you know becoming a master gunnery sergeant didn't happen by my individual efforts i had a lot of coaches a lot of mentors over the years so i am i'm a biggest proponent for for coach, coaches and mentors, because I am epitome of what can happen when you have solid coaches um, and mentors um, to get you on a, on a specific journey. 
Yeah. And to your point, it didn't have to be a $50,000, $30,000 program that you're joining. You know, going back to those meetups that you had mentioned earlier, networking, finding partners and finding somebody who's maybe six months ahead of you or a year ahead of you on what you're trying to do. It will help tremendously to accelerate your growth into real estate. If someone's gone and done something ahead of you, you know, just adapting and learning and, and just trying to soak up as much information and knowledge uh, from those people can do wonders. Yeah. I will I will say mentorships are huge in any scale of life, right? Whether you're in the Marine Corps or real estate or school, whatever it is, it just helps you get there quicker and with, us, and with less mistakes. But you don't have to be joining these. And you're absolutely right. Um, to your point, right? Um, if, if I should say to follow Donald Trump's blueprint of being a real estate developer i probably spend a good next 10 15 years trying to figure out this first deal right but to your point i finding somebody who's six months ahead of you who will maybe maybe close on one or two deals whether it's in a single family space or in a multi-family space those are the guys and gals that you want to you want to lock onto, right because the the information that they're going to give you is not overwhelming information right you're not trying to bottle up 10 15 20 30 years of experience you capturing it the last 18 months right and they're able to, to, you know, to give give that to you within the next, you know, five to six months and get you started. You know what I mean? So you just want to find somebody who's a little bit ahead of you and start emulating what they have done to your point. Yeah. Right. Hey, so shifting back to uh, multifamily investing, because, you know, that's obviously where you're focusing on now. And we talked about one of the reasons why you're there is it's the risk profile is, a, is attractive to you. Uh, we talked about you know markets uh, that you are looking for. Is there anything else that attracts you, or you want to dig in uh, more on on the multifamily side? Yeah. So for passive investors, which which is this, which is where I am trying to go, not trying to where I'm committed to go. Try should be eradicated from everybody's vocabulary. <laughs> I'm committed to to becoming a passive investor in the not so distant future. That's where I want to go. See, Athena have this big vision of having a lot of land and this big house in Hawaii. You know, to the point where we probably need to put an helicopter pad on the property. Right. That's huge vision. Right for our future, you know. So the way I see us accomplish that, accomplishing that is, you know, doing some active, but we want to transition most to the to, to the passive investor. And here's what's cool about a passive investing: as a passive investor, you, you get to you get to leverage a active investor's knowledge. See, I talk about Donald Trump's knowledge, right? He's one of the well-known real estate developer, or any other real estate investor developer want to choose. Right. They have a knowledge. They have a unique skills. They also have some resources and also access to some capital that a lot of passive investors who are looking to invest in real estate can leverage. And that's one of the things that is a passive investor. So when I'm chilling in Hawaii, you know, um, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our house, I want to be able to be able to give my money to some of my friends who are still doing real estate, actively investing, and they can put that money to, to good work, right? So I get to leverage their, their knowledge. Plus, as a passive investor, you know, you get to, to scale you have the economy of scale. So you have $50,000 to put into, to put into apartment investing, right? You get to put the $50,000 into a, into a, 
$10 million property and you get to read the benefit of uh, the economy of scale, right? You get to double your money within three to five years, right? And that who doesn't like to double their money, right? So, so the, the rule of seven, a lot of folks, in, in uh, especially in, in, in Wall Street, they're looking to double their money in about seven years. That's that's good money. That's, that's good return on your investment. But in the apartment complex, we're looking at double it to three to five years. It doesn't always happen, but at least it come close. Right. So I like the economy of scale. I like leveraging other people's experience. Right. Um, and I also do like the the tax break that comes with it. And the way you structure your your finance, your income will determine how much of that um, tax break you get to take advantage of. Because every property that we purchase, we, we go through the the bonus depreciation, um, we will we will continue to use um, cost segregation bonus depreciation um, until um, the government do away with it. But you know we see a lot of tax savings. Take for example the 55 unit that we bought in Spartanburg in 2019. We, we were able to offset our investors over $800,000 in tax savings within within that, that 2019. Right. So it doesn't matter if you close on the last day of the year, you get to leverage that tax saving through cost segregation bonus depreciation in that tax year. So you get to save a lot of taxes, right? And who does not want to save a lot of save a lot of taxes? You know what I mean? So there's a couple of things that we, that I like, you know, the, the bonus depreciate tax savings, the, the the leverage of other people's um, time and, and knowledge, and also the economy of scale. Yeah. And getting the preferred return, right? And so sometimes I even think like, hey, you should do more passive investing. But I, I just got that bug of wanting to do more of the active side. But with that said, you know, eventually, you know, I'll be a point where you are, where, you know, it's, uh, you've, you've worked very many, many, many years and you're still doing the active side, but eventually, you know, you do want to, it sounds like hang your hat in Hawaii and, and retire and, but still have that money work for you. I need to do a podcast on stock cost segregation and bonus depreciation, but for, for at a high level, can you dig in on that? You know, what, what did that really mean on for that 55 unit property that you had to get that paper loss back to your investors? What, what had to happen for that to occur. Yeah, so you, you buy a personal home, a residential home, you get um, 27 and a half years to depreciate the entire value of the property, right? Um, so the government understand that the house will depreciate, even though your house is actually appreciating in value. So that's a straight line depreciation. But for the bonus, bonus uh, the bonus depreciation, um, what happened is that you have a cost segregation engineer, right? I can do a, I can do an introduction to you to a cost segregation engineer if you, if you have not, if you don't have one on your team yet. So what they do, they come in and they look at your, your, your fan and the fan in every unit have a lifespan. The, the stove has a lifespan, the fridge has a lifespan, the flooring have a lifespan, all the, the, the land develop, the land improvements have a lifespan, you know, so they depreciate that over, um, you know, um, several years, right? And some of those, um, some of those, um, equipment you can, do a bonus depreciation where you can get 100% depreciation within that first year, right? So you get to claim that as a loss. So even though for the for the property you might get that we talk about um, that um, that seven percent um, preferred return, seven, eight, nine, ten percent preferred return. Even though you got a return from the property, you can go to go to your tax guy or gal, and you can show a loss because you have done a cost segregation engineering study on that property. Um, within the first year. Now, if you don't get to use that entire depreciation within the first year, you get to roll that into the second, third, second and third year to offset some of your incomes. Um, keep in mind that um, passive um, passive loss can only offset passive income, right? So you cannot, unless you are a real estate professional, um, which is SEC put a, a criteria for that, 
passive loss can only offset passive income. Yeah. No, that's all great points on, on passive investing and uh, appreciate you, you diving in more on that. As we start closing out here, and one question I've always asked uh, towards the end, uh, and sometimes it stumps people, but hopefully it doesn't with, with you. But if it does, it is, it is what it is. But really wanting to know what is your proudest moments in uh, real estate investing? Just moments. So there have been a couple. And share both if you want, whatever you, whatever you want yeah. to take it. The proudest moments, I believe, was in, in 2020. We were grinding. Dr. Jones, Heath and I, we were grinding, 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 zero four in the morning, late podcast interview, a whole bunch of different things, you know, to get, in, um, to get, to get the ball rolling, you know, and there was a lot of sacrifice that sacrifice that were made, right? Sometime, you know, I missed a game or missed a practice for my kids who were doing, was doing track at the time, you know what I mean? And I believe the proudest moment is to be able to have a celebration for closing under 167 units in Augusta, Georgia, for let for them to let them to let them know, like, look, if you want to accomplish something, you have to you have to work hard, and sometimes you have to make some sacrifice, right? A lot of things things are not just going to come to you; it's not just going to happen, right? You have to create those. And I think that was my proudest moment to let to show them, like, look, um, the sacrifice has paid off or is paying off. You know what I mean? So I believe that, that was my problem. Yeah. And, and you look up to your dad, like, you know, similar to probably what you did with your dad, you know, and, and have that be in the back of their mind that they can accomplish. This is, there's no, if, if a Jamaican can come over in 1998 <laughs> and scale and buy a 167 unit property with his partners, that's pretty awesome. And so anybody on this call, you know, or on uh, listeners listening in, it's, it's motivational. So you can do it. Right. And it just goes back to what we talked about earlier with the grit and the can-do attitude and the partnerships, the mentorship part we talked about, you know, the tools are there and, you know, it just takes work. Yes. So uh, anything else you would like to share on the show and, and uh, in closing, how can uh, listeners reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So we recorded a little bit over 60 episodes of podcast. It's called the multifamily real estate experiment podcast. We also run a meetup uh, on Mondays is the Southeast multifamily um, investor meetup. Um, this week, this coming week, we got a couple for November, end of November and the beginning of December, we got a couple of guests coming, coming on to talk about some, some pretty important topics to include Damien Lupa coming on on Monday to talk about, um, investing with the retirement fund. Uh, we also got a retired Air Force, Air Force pilot coming on to talk about, you know, taking command of your financial future. Right. Um, and we have a couple of different guests that, that, that's coming on. We had, we got, um, Omar coming to talk about a, a deal that they closed 177 unit that they closed on in, in, um, in Southern, in Southern, Southern Florida or Central Florida. You know, so always have these, these unique guests coming on to talk about, you know, different things about the multifamily space. Right. So one of the things that Heath and I, we are committed to is as we close on a syndication, we are donating 10% off our acquisition fee to a nonprofit organization that benefits our veterans. You know, that's one of the things that drive us. So, you know, additional to, um, you know, securing a better future for our family, we also want to create an impact in our community. And, you know, Heath currently work with the army as a research scientist um, and myself being an active duty Marine Corps, we have a special place in our hearts, you know, for helping our veterans, because look, you know, Wayne, um, you know, being a part of a team and going, going out in the civilian world, you know, some folks, not, not, not you, but some folks, 
you know, they, they lose the camaraderie, they lost the sense of purpose, you know, that they, they don't have the, a, a mission to work through towards every single day. And that can take a toll on some people. So we see a lot of folks um, turn towards drugs, you know, alcohol, become homeless, so on and so on and so forth. You know, so we're committed to to impacting those folks or in, 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 in an effort to help them to get um, back, you know, to be positive members of society, you know, I mean, and improving their life. Yeah. Now that brotherhood piece is, is real. You know, I, Absolutely. I, I, I missed that, uh, for several years, uh, <laughs> afterwards. So, well, uh, thank you Hutch for one, your service and two being on the show and wish you well and look forward to staying in touch and hopefully partnering with you in the future. Absolutely. Let's do that. Simplify. All right. That's all for this episode. We hope you subscribe, share, and leave a review of the show. For more information about passively investing in multifamily apartments, check out Wayne's free ebook by going to creipartners.com forward slash ebook. Also, follow us on Facebook by searching CREI Partners. This was the untold stories of real estate investing.